there's no music if you have no body to play it with. So take care of your body first. You getting into the gym and you lifting weights and working on muscles is it's physical therapy for the benefit of your playing. The truth is nothing works like just taking care of the simple stuff. Diet, exercise and sleep. Take care of that and you'll be fine. Join us as two musicians and fitness coaches discuss strength, wellness and fitness in relation to musicians, artists and performance. Welcome back to the Tuned and Strong podcast. This is Dr. Jen Cabas-May of Tuned and Toned Performance. And this lovely lady here is Angela McHouston of Music Strong. Um, and today we are going to talk a little bit, we're going to do some, um, we're going to try to define a little bit of uh, nutrition terminology for you guys. So um, we have a lovely guest coming up, guest uh, interview coming up. Bear with me here, a little slow today still. Um, with Mr. Duncan Rock, who is going to talk about nutrition and how it impacts musicians and performers. Uh, so we wanted to lay a little bit of groundwork for that and just define some common terms that people might not know. Um, you may have heard of these, you may not have. Uh, chances are you're gonna have heard of a few. So <laughs> yeah, uh, we're gonna try our best to stick to definitions as closely as we can and avoid opinions. Um, there's pros and cons to everything that we talk about today. Um, we don't really wanna get into that just start with some definitions. Yeah. So I've got a lovely, lovely list in front of me. Um, and I wanted to start with uh, micronutrients. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And uh, most everybody I think has heard of these at this point. I'm a little bit, mm, don't assume. Let's not assume anything. Okay. Okay. Because <laughs> I know, you know, okay. I, I, I say macronutrients people and they just look at me right. like, huh? You know, and right. micro, they definitely have no idea. So, okay, so are we talking about vitamins and minerals here? That's what we're talking about here. Okay. Yeah. So most people I feel like have heard of micronutrients more than macro, uh, which is the next one on the list. Um, mm -hmm. But micronutrients, we're talking about vitamins, minerals, things that you find in, you know, daily supplements or um, they're usually it's, it's talked about in uh, deep or brightly colored um, produce. So you think about like people say, oh, eat leafy greens. They usually mean like as dark as you can. That's why kale is so popular. Um, things that are dense in vitamins, minerals, that sort of thing. So if you hear somebody say micronutrients, that's what they're talking about. Mm. Um, macronutrients. That's the next one. These are take like, <laughs> yeah, these are like, these are the ones, um, protein, carbs, fats, stuff like that. Those are the ones that, that are, is there another one? That's like the big three, right? No. That's yeah, okay. I was like fiber. Wait a minute. No, that's, that's a carb. So yeah. Yeah. So, so protein, the, fats, and carbohydrates. Right. Everything that you eat falls into, mm, I'm not going to say one of those camps, but usually it's more dominant in one than the others. Um, there's a lot of things that have, you know, multiple, like milk is a very full food. It's going to have a lot of different things. I think it technically counts more in the carb, but it's got a lot of proteins in it, a lot of fats. Right. So it's generally like, if you're thinking about skim milk, it's got the ratios basically yeah. two to one. It's like eight grams of protein versus 16 grams of carbohydrates. So people are like, oh, milk is a protein. Ah, you no. have protein, but it's not dominantly a protein. Same with nuts. Right. People think nuts are a protein. The same no, thing. Nuts are a fat. Nuts are a nuts fat. Are they have protein. Right. 
Right. So that, that I think we should probably unpack those a little bit too, when we're talking about like, what's an, a good example of a carb, what's a good example of a protein, mm-hmm. what's a good example of a fat. Um, protein's probably the easiest. The best example of a pure protein would be meat, mm-hmm. animal meat. Um, you're not going to like everything that you find that is a uh, vegetarian substitute is going to be mixed with those other macros. It's not going to be pure protein. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as I'm aware, that's pretty much the exclusively. I think so. Unless it's a processed food. And we'll get to processed food. So bear we'll with get to me. Processed food in a minute. When we're talking about natural foods, meat is the protein. Um, carbs, things like fruits, anything with a lot of sugar in it. Um, breads. People think of breads and pasta, but yeah. vegetables also fall under carbohydrate sources. Yes. Um, obviously, that varies. Right. Depends on what kind of vegetable mm-hmm. you have to you're going for something really starchy. That's going to be very heavy carb. It doesn't oh. have as much fiber. Let's define a starch. So starch, we're talking like yes. potatoes, also yes. carrots, maybe yes. even peas a little bit. Yeah. They're pretty they're starchy. Starchy. Those are the yeah. three that, that come to mind most. Corn. Corn. Yeah. Corn, uh, rice, tapioca. Right. Right. They're all starchy. Right. So if you're thinking of vegetables as being, so when people are like, you know, eat a, pick a protein and a vegetable, they're generally talking fibrous vegetable, or you make, maybe you want to clarify any vegetable, or are we talking fibrous vegetable, fibrous vegetable is something like celery, like mm-hmm. think about the fibers in celery or broccoli or mm-hmm. cauliflower, cauliflower. Uh, kale. Yeah. Leafy uh, stuff. Yeah. Stuff that is eggplant's a weird one. Yeah, eggplant is a weird one. one. I would say zucchini. A zucchini. But, um, eggplant is kind of because it's it's borderline, but it's got a little bit more starch in it. It's still pretty yeah. good on the, on the fibery side. Yeah, squash stuff like that. That's more fibrous. So think of stuff that's got high water content. Stuff like um, I think it tends to be more crunchy, doesn't it? When I think about it. I mean, broccoli and cauliflower are pretty crunchy. Um, Celery is well, pretty how about, crunchy. How about this? The starchy vegetables are stuff that you typically wouldn't eat unless they're cooked. Except for carrots. <laughs> See, it's not a hard and fast rule. <laughs> right, right. So you kinda, I mean, but this is, this is the sort of stuff that, you know, you pick up a package and you look at the nutrition facts on the back and you can kind of see, okay, what's, what's what here? Um, there are some tricks to that too. So if you're wanting to know more about how to determine what's what, um, that would be a good time to, you know, you can send us a message. You can send, uh, probably Duncan wouldn't mind. Uh, Duncan Rock for next time. Um, so yeah, if you don't know what we're talking about and you want a little more data, reach out, but for right now, we're just going to move on. Um, I think the only one we haven't covered is fats. Yep. Um, fats are, uh, pretty much you're going to be looking at, um, <sighs> processed dairy. And I want to be careful about using that term process. I'm like talking cheese. initially process. Yeah. Like easy process, like one step cheese, yogurt, um, stuff, sour cream or um, like, well, yeah, anything fermented dairy. How about that? Not processed fermented dairy or nuts. Well, the thing with dairy though, because you can get low fat dairy, right? So we're talking yeah, like so low fat cheese right, and things. Right. I'm not talking about things because that I, I count that as modification. Mm, okay. If you're right. reducing the fat content, but thank you because I always forget that part. I never yeah. buy reduced fat anything. <laughs> yeah. So other stuff would be st- like oils that you cook with, like yes. butter, ghee, lard, 
uh, coconut oils or, you know, any kind of an oil would be, would be a fat source, whether it's yes. olive, safflower, whatnot. It's that you have the different types of unsaturated versus saturated. And we don't need to get into that. Yeah. I don't think that would be more yeah. for today, not for but, today, yeah. but, um, and nuts. Um, a lot of people go, Oh, you know, have a protein snack. You can just eat nuts. Like those are fat. Mm -hmm. Those are fat. They're primarily uh, a fat. So that's how you categorize them. Yes. But yeah. they primarily are. Uh, right. Right. And it, it gets into some hairy things when we start talking about beans, which are like half fat, half carbs. So we're not going to talk about that today, but when you start thinking about like, well, I can't tell what this food is, it's probably a borderline food. Anyway, so <laughs> that's the basic overview of macro and micronutrients. Um, I think the next thing we should talk about is uh, what is a calorie? Oh, yeah. 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 Um, I don't I know, know how to start with that one. You go for it. Okay. So I know that that one gets thrown out a lot. It's like, oh, calories, calories, calories. And um, absolutely, they do impact, um, you know, your digestion, your can, it will impact your size, that sort of thing. Your not size, fat content. Um, calorie, I believe, and don't quote me on this, but I'm pretty sure it is the uh, heat unit needed to boil water sound right so it's, it's interesting that that's what the metric is that we use but that is what we use mm -hmm. uh, so when people talk about calories in calories out um there's some hairy stuff that goes on with there but in there but you know it's some people use that as an excuse to well it doesn't matter i can eat as many calories as i want as long as i'm you know running every day and lifting weights and all that kind of stuff doesn't exactly work that way but in general um fewer calories you eat, the more your body is going to have to dig into your fat stores. Um, yep. If you get too few, you're going to dig into muscle, which is not helpful. A lot of supply uh, and demand, really. Yeah. <laughs> and too much, you know, you're going to balloon up, put on a lot of extra weight that you don't want. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's that. Um, the next two I think are, well, no. So a couple of them are going to be things that I probably dive into a little more than you, but processed food. I know we, we use that term a lot and, um, wait, so yeah. in our upcoming interview, well, I think yeah. we're going to put this before his interview yes. with Duncan. Yeah. I, uh, we asked him about processed food and he took it a completely different direction yes. than what we were thinking. We, yes. well, we're going to dive into what we mean when we say processed, but he was yeah. talking about like when you physically alter the property right. of a food, like putting it in a right. smoothie and blending it or yeah. something, yeah. not what we meant. Like you know, you take a banana, you eat it raw versus you put it in a smoothie and blend it. That's, that's step one process. Step two process would be if you baked it into bread and like, right. You know, and so he's not wrong. Like he's absolutely he's not wrong. Correct, you know, <laughs> but, we were going um, a completely different direction with it. Yeah, yes. And typically in the U S when we talk about processed food and, um, what we're talking about is, um, things that have been, um, like mass processed. Yeah modified beyond um their basic form um so when we're talking about i'm talking about things like you know store-bought cookies and the stuff that's in the middle uh, of the grocery store that has right, a label right um, obviously right like not not the canned vegetables because they are we could argue that they're processed but we won't go down that avenue we're talking about things that have like you pick up the package and it's got a billion ingredients mm. you know um you have to do so many steps to it that the food is almost unrecognizable from its initial form. Right. Like 
okay, if you're going to go get a bag of breaded chicken breasts, depending, yes. I mean, what's all in the breading, what's all in the, right. what, what's in a cracker? I mean, yeah. how many types of crackers there are. Crackers right. are, are processed because you have to right. process all the things to make this new food. Right, right. There's, there's stuff that's still okay. You know, there's stuff that's better than others, but I know you talk about, okay, breaded chicken breast. Um, a lot of people think, oh, it's just breadcrumbs and chicken. And like, mm -hmm. not if you read the label, not if you read the label, it's got so many other things done to so it. Many. And there's shows out there too, that will show you like, oh, this is what happens in this factory. And, you know, things like bleaching meats and like all sorts of weird stuff. So when we're talking about processed food, that's really what we're talking about. Um, stuff that has had a lot of steps done to it. Not like I took a piece of fruit and put it through the juicer. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was um, really funny. Yeah. Like I said, he's not wrong. He's absolutely correct. It's just not typically how we use that term here, Yeah, you know? <laughs> right. Um, and on, on the subject of those labels, um, I wanted to briefly mention additives. Um, people mm -hmm. talk about additives. Actually, there's a lot of advertising now talking about additives. Um, and that is when you're looking at, again, looking at the nutrition label, if you go in the back and you see chemicals, or you see um, different types of gums, or you see uh, colorings, dyes, um, anything that isn't clearly part of the food, mm -hmm. that is an additive. So I don't think we get into that at all in uh, no. that episode, but it is, it is something that I have uh, run into people not knowing what I'm talking about. I'm like, oh, I get it now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and then the last two things I want to just define in terms of what is it um, before we get into the different types of diet, which I think you'll probably take the first diet we go over, <laughs> is uh, GMO and organic. Um, GMO stands for genetically modified organism, I believe. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so what that means is that they have taken, say, it's GMO corn, GMO potatoes, GMO peanuts. Uh, those are some of the biggest ones that are out there that are, are modified. Um, they have taken the DNA of that item, that plant, and they have modified it either through selective breeding or I don't know what else they do. Sometimes it gets a little sketch when you hear accusations, but they have modified that um, from its original state. Like if you look at traditional Indian corn, sorry, Native American corn, it's marketed as Indian corn still, I'm sorry. It's a Native yeah. American corn, maize, that sort of stuff. And you actually look at that compared to what you get in the grocery store corn right now that is genetically modified. The two are like night and day difference. Um, mm -hmm. Usually that is done to increase the size and productivity of a particular um, crop. Yeah, if you ever go to, so if you're in the grocery store, look at the difference of size between uh, organic strawberries and non-organic mm -hmm. strawberries, or, or just, yeah. just pick two different things and compare yeah. sizes. You're gonna notice that they might be a little bit, same with like chicken breasts actually. Yeah, it's more dramatic too when you look at, uh, oh yeah, because they're, they're genetically modifying some of the animals now, but- Animals too, yeah. I'll leave that alone. Um, mm. But especially if you have access to like a farm fresh or a local piece of produce. The eggs will look different. Animal dramatically different, mm -hmm. dramatically different. So, um, yeah, you can test that pretty quickly on your own. Smaller, all different colors. Yeah. 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 I don't know and that they taste different based on the color though. I think they're, they I said that they the color do. doesn't really matter. 
Yeah. Okay. So if you're looking at like farm fresh eggs and they have different colors, yeah, no, 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 that's like, what I'm talking about. Not the, the, not the, the yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just based yeah, on the a, color. There's definitely a difference between the, the farm fresh eggs and the store-bought ones, in my opinion, like mm -hmm. dramatic. Um, and then organic, organic gets thrown around a lot. Um, and it's kind mm -hmm. of become, um, it's a buzzword right now. I think it is a buzzword. It has been for a while and it's, it's kind of, they're using it to imply that it's synonymous with, um, healthy, hmm. which just drives me up the wall. Um, <laughs> there is a process for getting certified organic, but people think that it means, oh, it's raised naturally and there's no pesticides and blah, blah, blah. Like, no, it just means that they're using different pesticides. Um, it doesn't mean that it's a better strain of, uh, of, I'm sorry, of crop. Like it's not like it's mm. a heritage, uh, eggplant or something that they're right. It's organic. Therefore it's heritage and therefore it's got more nutrients in it or something. No, it's pretty much the same thing. It's just, what are they using as a pesticide? Right. Yeah. Yeah, because organic doesn't mean pesticide-free. If it was no. pesticide-free, it would say pesticide-free. Organic yes. uses different pesticides. Yes. Yeah, and you can really tell if you go um, out of the country, and especially if you can get away from um, North America and really get yeah. out there, you can tell the difference. Um, go out there, you start eating their food, and you're like, oh, my God, this tastes nothing like it. And you come back and you go, okay, well, I'm going to switch to organic because, no, it's not going to taste nope. the same. It's not the same thing. <laughs> no. You know, I've never been, um, I can't remember where this was, but, um, my, my dad and my brother went on a mission trip, I think it was to Honduras and they said they had some of the best, I think, I don't remember if they're mangoes or papayas or some kind of fruit. It was just the most incredible fruit that ever had. Mm -hmm. And they, I remember them telling me this was back in the early nineties and they're like, yeah, there's, there's nothing like it here. And it's no. true because it, it just, there's no farm. I mean, they, it wasn't yeah. farmed. They literally went across the street and picked it off a tree and yeah. it just was growing. Yeah. You know? Well, it's not artificially ripened, which is a lot nope. of what's done in the U.S. too. They have to pick everything at once. So some of them are ready. Some of them are not. Like if you garden for even five minutes, you know, the yeah. plants don't all ripen their fruit at the same time. Like, it just doesn't, no, and if so. you've ever had an underripe something, you know, how it doesn't yeah. taste as good because it's mm -hmm. not fully formed. Right. Yeah. So. Cool. I think that's for an overview. I think that's what we need to talk to talk Agreed. about for basic definitions. So if you've got more questions, like I said, um, ask us, we're happy to talk about it. Mm -hmm. um, for the typical diets that you'll, you'll hear discussed. Um, first one on my list yeah. is if it fits your macros. And I feel like this would be something that you'd be good at talking about. So I love this one. <laughs> so I have, um, I have a blog post, I'll link to it. And it's how to figure out your macros. Basically, you know, um, and it's math and I suck at math. I mean, like real, real bad, real bad. Like I can tell you stories how bad, um, like I got tutored in math for the, what's the, not the ACE, what's the, uh, not the SAT, SAT? the other yeah. one, the ACT. Uh, ACT, yeah. Because I was so bad at math. I got tutored and my score went down. Okay. I am that bad at math. <laughs> I can do this kind of math. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to link, I'm going to show, a, um, I'm going to put a link to, uh, to it in the show notes, but basically you've got, um, we didn't talk about this, but protein and carbohydrates have four calories per gram and mm -hmm. fat has nine calories per gram. So if you happen to be looking at a label, um, I don't have anything 
And it says percentage of calories from fat. That's what that means. So, um, but yeah, like I'll I'll take you through the math and, you know, you can figure out your own macros. If it fits your macros is basically there are no foods that are off limits. So if you are one of these people that struggles with um, restriction and that it just sets you off on a binge, which a lot of them can backfire and do that. This might be the, this might be good for you because basically you take whatever your macronutrients are. I have to get this many grams of protein per day. I have to get this many grams of carbohydrates and fats per day, whatever fits in that I can eat. I think that's about it. Right. In its simplistic form. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, I, I actually did that on top of, um, a different diet I was doing at the same time. I loved it. I really did. Um, and it's easy now because there are so many free apps out there that will help you with it. And they're yeah. pretty good. Yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah. you just fig- need to figure out what you need to do. Like what's my intake. And then you just input it and it's easy. Yeah. It's great. If you like to cook and you're creative and you don't like to eat the same thing every day and you want change and you know, you want some freedom and you don't want to think of anything as a cheat meal. I really yeah. don't like that terminology anymore or a cheat day or anything. like, there's no cheating. There's living and eating. Don't get yeah. me started. But yeah. you know, if you don't, if you want to get away from that, this is how you just fit it in. You know, yeah. you want some ice cream. Does it fit your macros? Cool. Fit it in. This mm-hmm. means you probably, because that's going to take up a large probably portion of your carbohydrates or your fats. Mm-hmm. You're going to have to add extra protein elsewhere and take less carbohydrates from that meal. So it's, yeah. it's math, but it's easy math. I can do it. You can do it. Yeah. If that's something you want to pursue, (laughs) but that's what that is. It's a, it's a really simple, um, it sounds so complicated, but it's not, it is so simple. Um, it's a great one. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. And it's like what we were talking about with macronutrients and gets you really into reading labels if you've not done that. So it, it really helps you understand a lot. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes. And you were going to talk about, you had a couple more, right? I I do. Um, So I think I'm going to go a little bit out of order here because I think this is going to make more sense to do it this way. Um, Let's talk vegetarian and vegan real quick. I don't think that's going to take very long. Um, There's a surprising number of people who don't understand what those things mean. Mm -hmm. I'm always surprised by it, Um, including people who claim to practice it. We'll leave that alone. (laughs) Vegetarian opinion here you do not partake of the flesh of the animal or anything that requires you to kill the animal in order to consume something. So that means milk and dairy, totally fine. Any sort of chicken, beef, pork, uh-uh. fish, no. If you add fish in, you're something else. Pescatarian, Just right? Fine. Um, pescatarian depends on who's defining it. Some people say that means you only eat fish. Some people say that means that you eat fish and vegetarian. So that's a quick definition for that. Um, it does mean things like you have to be careful with your cheeses. Mm-hmm. Um, because some of them are made with rennet, which comes from the inside the stomach of the cow. So Oof. that's what a true vegetarian mm-hmm. means. Okay. Uh, vegan means you eat no animal products, none, no cheese. Or byproducts. Or byproducts. Um, also Bone means broth is out. Are, yeah. You have to do vegetable stock. You have to, everything must come from plant-based plants. everything Period. Um, if you are going to go hardcore about it you might have to change you know like makeup uh skin products stuff like that we're talking about just diet today but that is the difference between those two um yeah they are uh this is going to be controversial they are not inherently more healthy 
<laughs> oh, I, she said it. <laughs> I, I said it. They are not inherently more healthy. Um, there are ways to do it healthy, but just like the next one we're going to talk about, which is carnivore, you must supplement appropriately. You need a doctor's help to do it successfully. And there are going to be challenges that you have to overcome. It doesn't make it more healthy. And it doesn't mean that anybody who's disagreeing with you is less healthy or more healthy. It's just that they come with their challenges and you have to know what you're doing. Um, we're gonna unpack that a little bit with carnivore. We're gonna unpack that a little bit with paleo too. Um, and keto, which are all coming up um, because this, this is gonna get into some branding stuff. Here we okay. go. Yeah, so carnivore, carnivore is easy. Carnivore, you eat meat. Does that mean That's you it. don't eat cheese at all or you only eat meat, no vegetables? Because I don't know that I've heard of this. There are people who are literally only eating meat. E. There are people who are doing it as you eat a, just a ridiculous amount of meat and leafy greens and that's it. Okay. Um, so it just depends on who is- Which would technically be keto. Technically it is. Um, carnivore is a real weird one. I don't want to get too deep into that one, but there are people out there who are straight up just eating meat and that's it. And it's, I think it's odd, but if it works for them, you know. My bowels <laughs> hurt thinking about um, it. <laughs> right? right? Gosh. That is, that is another one that I'm going to say, make sure that you are working with your doctor. If you're going to do that, make sure that you are supplementing appropriately. Um, because when we yeah. cut something out of the diet, where you I say this fiber? Is, well, now I say this is somebody who has, has items that have to be cut out. Mm -hmm. I have allergens and there are things I need to supplement because I can't get enough of a micronutrient just through my diet anymore. I can't do it. So I can't. Get it. So, um, yeah, if you're going to do anything restrictive, make sure that you know what you're doing. Make sure that you're supplementing. Um, you mentioned keto. Right. Yeah. Keto and mm. low carb. Uh, used to be called Atkins They're, back in the day. Yeah. Low carb and Atkins are synonymous. I think what got Atkins in trouble, which is going to segue into what we're going to talk about here. In a mm. second. I think what got Atkins in trouble is the commercialization of the products. Yeah because Atkins, which was originally straight up low carb, it had a lot of vegetables in it. And when it got commercialized, it got commercialized as you're eating a ton of meat, you're eating a ton of, you know, fats and greasy food and just, And these you processed know. protein bars made of right. soy. Right, But they're low carb and, low oh, carb. but don't pay attention to the additives and the, you know, artificial yeah. stuff that we put in there because it's low carb. We'll see All that now with yeah, that's all people started looking at because I know my parents were doing it for yeah. a long time. They're just like, hey, but it's low carb. Yeah, but right. okay. So we went back just real quick. We started talking or we talked a minute about what it, um, how many calories per gram each macronutrient has. So when mm -hmm. you cut carbs, remember protein and carbohydrates have four calories per gram. Mm -hmm. Fats have nine calories per gram. So mm -hmm. you don't have to cut twice as many carbohydrates exactly to eat to have, well, how did I say that? To equal a gram of fat. But if you're going to eat low carb and everything is higher fat, yeah, this could get into volumetrics a little bit, which we'll talk about in a second. But it, you can't just go based off, oh, it's low carb, I can have it. Right. And I think that's where they got in trouble. Yeah, that's where a lot of people get in trouble is when we start going back to these foods that are processed foods that are being marketed for a certain type of diet. Um, I have very rarely seen a processed food that is actually appropriate to the diet that they are marketing it towards. 
So like I said, Atkins was supposed to be uh, meat and vegetables. Um, it's, it's still low carb. So you could have things like carrots here and there. You could have tomatoes here and there. It's not as restrictive as keto. But um, when you start getting into the processed protein bars and things that taste sweet, and then we start getting into some, some nervous system stuff there when it's sugar al alcohols or um, so like sucralose, stuff like that, mm -hmm. or um, Splenda. Stevia. Splenda, yeah. yeah. Splenda, Stevia, okay. stuff like that that tastes yeah. sweet but hasn't, there's some nervous system stuff. Leaving that alone, just the fact that it's processed, they end up being higher calorie than what was intended. Right. So whereas you can lose weight doing low carbs, there's some penalties to that, but you can do it. Um, if you're eating whole foods like vegetables that you have cooked or prepared yourself or meat products or even dairy products, once you start adding in those processed foods, your calorie intake goes through the roof. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. A segueing um, this into key keto, I think. Yes. Short for yeah. ketosis. Yes. Which is what the state your body goes into when it does not have enough carbohydrates to burn for fuel. Mm -hmm. It starts to burn things like glucose in your muscles and mm -hmm. you, and other places, your liver. Yeah. Um, yeah. So then your body yeah. is in a state called ketosis and mm -hmm. it, I don't want to go too far into this because I'll say something yeah. wrong, but you do, you, they do want you to, I think, check to make sure you're in ketosis because if you eat too many carbohydrates, you come out yeah. and then you quit yeah. behind the, the, the stores is basically where it's come from. And you can yeah. actually get keep the mm -hmm. ketones or something that's produced. Yeah. And they, that's how you check to know if yeah. you're actually in ketosis. Mm -hmm. So yeah, you're, you're talking about the diet, diabetic, uh, urine strips Yep. yep. Um, that will measure ketones and tell you, yes, you're there. Mm -hmm. Um, if you're going to be real strict about it, um, you should be doing no carbs. Mm-hmm. So that means no fruit, no carrots, no, like anything that could no even milk. remotely knock you out of ketosis. No. Um, and that's where I find it interesting that, you know, if we go to the Costco and I'm walking through the freezer aisle and it's like, oh, keto ice cream bars. I'm like, no, no. Mm -hmm. Keto trail mix. No. It's not no. possible. It's not keto. Um, they're no. marketing it that way, but it really, it will mess you up for more than one reason, but <laughs> if you're legitimately trying to do that diet, um, that is what will happen. And if you are keto and you have not heard of carb cycling, I strongly recommend that you look that up. Definitely. Um, Ooh, I have yeah. one more I want to talk about before we segue to the next one, but go ahead. Cool. Yeah, no, it was just look up carb cycling because there's a lot of people who think that you're supposed to be permanently keto and uh, you can run into some problems with that. Yes. So PSMF, you guys heard of this or rapid fat loss diet, protein sparing modified fast. If you guys know who Lyle McDonald is, he's like the original diet king from again, back in the day, I'm showing my age because I'm friggin' old, but <laughs> um, so I've got his books on my website. If you want to check them out, bodyrecomposition.com is his website. And this is, this is not, um, yes, I do have affiliate links, but this is not like a promo for him. He just, he takes, uh, he takes the science and he puts it in a format that's easy to read and friggin' funny and very educational and easy to read at the same time. So his book, um, The Rapid Fat Loss Diet, is also called PSMF for short of Protein Sparing Modified Fast, which is basically um, you take... The, mm, 
you take the keto diet and you carb cycle with it, sort okay. of, because you have things called structured refeeds. And he goes into all these details. And, and, and let me get back to this because that goes into, when we say fast, that goes into intermittent fasting and the whole thing about fasting. Yes. What we're talking about with this specifically is basically he found a way to make a crash diet, quote unquote, I'm using air quotes, safe. It's not meant to be done long-term, but he knew people were going to do it. So he found a way to make it not wreck you long-term, right? So, um, and basically what what it comes down to is you eat a, it's extremely low calorie, extremely low calorie. And I have done this diet several times and it is, but it's a very good success. And because you do have these things called refeeds in it, which um, I'll tell you about here in just a second, it keeps you from going basically crazy because you, you know, on the one hand, what I liked about it when I did it is that um, you weren't constantly thinking about food. It it Mm. sounds like the opposite, but you weren't having to think about what to cook. It was very simple. You were eating meat, you, you had to hit a certain number of certain amount of protein. It was extremely important. That's what this whole thing was based on is protein. There is no fat in this diet, almost zero fat and zero carbohydrates. I say zero, but that's quote unquote. I mean, it's extremely low. And that's why it sounds like a crash diet. Cause it is, you do take a certain amount of fish oil. There are certain supplements you have to take. And then you do get, um, you do get, uh, lots of leafy greens but you have to limit those as well. So you're limiting your amount of everything and you're doing this for a very short time. Okay. I know that it sounds crazy as I'm saying it, but it's like, you can do this structured and it will really work. But then you, then you do something called a refeed, which resets your uh, hormone levels, leptin and ghrelin. Ghrelin's the hunger hormone, which tells you, if you notice, we'll talk about this in intermittent fasting, but if you notice you get hungry at the same time every day, and then you go on a vacation and you change when you eat, when you come back, you get hungry at that time. That's because you reset your ghrelin levels. That's that hunger hormone. Right. So right. that can be manipulated pretty easily. Yeah. Leptin, I, I'll be honest, I forgot what it does, but it has to do with your metabolism. So we're not going to get all into what all that means and whatnot, but it's, let's just say it's not a static thing. And mm-hmm. so when you're, when you're dieting at extremely low calories like that, your leptin levels can really drop. And once they hit a certain point, you're not going to lose no matter what. So you have to reset them. And how you reset them is with carbohydrates. <gasps> that you weren't supposed to have carbohydrates. Well, you have this thing called the structure refeed and he breaks it down into exactly how many you can have in how long of a window, like it, depending on how quote fat you are, you could have four hours or a whole day. <laughs> it's a really funny book if you want to check it out. Um, yeah. And then that resets you, gives you energy. Plus then you're like, Hey, I can have my pasta and I can have this huge bowl of pasta and my ice cream and all these things. And then you yeah. go right back to what you're doing and you see, but yeah. it's not meant to be long term, but that's right. That's what that diet is. If you haven't heard of it. Right. right. And if I were coaching myself, a younger version of myself, listening to our conversation here involving that, what I would want me to take away from it is the concept of the refeed portion. So when we're talking about restrictions, yeah, when we're talking about these things that are very restrictive, like keto, low carb, anytime you eliminate anything, especially if it's a whole group of foods, um, replenish, not just what what I was talking about before with like, make sure you got your supplementation, which you talked about just now too. You'd have to have certain Um, supplements on that diet. You have to have certain supplements. 
but you also have to replenish your body because this is going to be harsh if you start doing any of these and start cutting down. So, yeah. um, and you have to limit yeah. your, your, um, your exercise as well. I mean, like this is not the time right. to get PRs in the gym. Right. Right. This no, is a good thing sounds- to do if you're like recovering maybe from an injury and you have some weight to lose and you can't move a lot. Right. It sounds that like that, that time. Or like bodybuilders, like getting ready for, for show. That's what it sounds like to me. That, yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, but yeah. I can attest to it. I've done it. My brother's done it and it, it it's not as crazy as it sounds, but you do not, I repeat, you do not do this for a long time. And he does yeah. have a book uh, at the end of how you come out of it yeah. and go towards more normal. Any like the, if it fits your macros. Cause that's the other thing is that people are like, well, I don't know how to get off of it. So I'm just going to stay on this until yeah. they can't anymore. And then they go back to their old habits, which is not helpful, you know? So like, no, um, don't do that. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. that's actually a little should, more, um, should we go user, into intermittent fasting then? Or yeah, let's do fastings? intermittent fastings. Yeah. I think intermittent is the most common right now. Um, everything else I've heard thrown around is pretty, um, religious based. So mm, chances yeah, are, okay. chances are y'all already know that if you're doing it for religious purposes. So intermittent fasting. <laughs> right. So again, I'm going to show my age because this was all what was really popular back in the early two thousands, mid two thousands, I should say. So I haven't done a whole lot of research on it since then, but it's still the same basic concepts. And um, I'm pretty sure these websites, if you go look at them, they're probably still from the same era, but I don't think the science has changed. So, you know, it ain't broke, don't fix it. But the two people that that come to mind are uh, Brad Pilon, which is Eat, Stop, Eats. If you've heard of him, his thing was doing a one day total fast, like 24 hours of fasting. Mm, once that's a week. rough. Mm, I did it. It actually wasn't 24 hours. It was like, like sun up to sundown, like an 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. kind of thing. Okay. Like so that. more along the lines of what's done for a lot of the religious things anyway. So. Yeah. But then you pick certain days to do it. And it's like a day you have less activity or something. And it basically, yeah. it helps wake, as I remember, um, with mindset and stuff. I only did it the one time just to see if I could do it. And I'm like, this is not for me. Mm-mm, nope. Yeah. So the other one is it, intermittent fasting, which basically relegates you to eating in a certain amount of time, like a, an eating mm-hmm. window. And mm-hmm. the, the old guru of this, and I think he probably still is, is uh, Martin Burkham, Birkin, 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 whatever. He, I think he's Swedish. I, I'm probably also wrong about that. Um, his website is leangains.com, I think, if it's still up. I don't know. But he's the original guy. Um, at least I think so. So his deal or the deal there is basically you take a certain amount of hours and you keep it the same. So your ghrelin levels are going to stay the same. So say you start Mm -hmm. eating, it's basically like you, if you want to skip breakfast, that's the easiest thing to do. You start eating at noon, you have an eight hour window, you're done at eight, which I find that for musicians, sometimes that works well, because if you're, you know, you have, you play a gig till three in the morning, you don't need to be eating at six or asleep. You get up at two you have breakfast, you know, you're out to, okay, that yeah. kind of works. So, yeah. and then what he did find is that the, the window, the eating window is um, longer for women for hormonal reasons. And he gets into that, which I don't remember. And then a little bit okay. shorter for men. They that makes a lot of it. sense. That makes yeah. a lot of sense. Cause that's experientially what I found too, was uh, I had some guy friends who were doing it and they, they could have like the six hour window. Six hours, yeah. like, I don't know how you do that. I needed 10? Like 10 or 12 hours. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, it, but it was like it was eight great, to 10 was but, the sweet spot. 
yeah, I think most of my days it was like a 10 hour window, but there were a couple of times it was 12. <laughs> yeah. And it's the important thing with this diet, I think, is that you keep your window the same. If you got to yes. modify it a little bit. Okay. But it's got to be real close. So it keeps mm-hmm. things kind of the same. Plus yeah. it prevents you from eating when you're not eating outside that window, it can prevent you from overeating later, especially if you have a trouble, like, or it gives you quote permission to eat later at night. But, Mm -hmm. you know, and I, I find it works well with, again, with, if it fits your macros. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's the um, mic. I think, yeah, I, I think that's correct too. Um, Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> if you okay, have my, a, I had something to go on with that and then it just went boop, right at my ear like, <laughs> totally too late two concussed co-hosts here there you, you go there you the, go the uh, <laughs> word word loss is uh it's a real thing yeah. so but yeah uh, if that's something that interests you I definitely encourage you to do the research on it because there's a lot of different yeah. variations but it all comes back down to a certain window um mm-hmm. what what I did find though you know people are going to find a way to do whatever they want to do And if you're, if you have any kind of disordered eating mindset and you want to go, um, intermittent fasting, you might say, I've got to get all my calories in this window. I can eat whatever I want in this window. If you do, if we go at it that way, it's not going to work for you. You're just going to overeat in that window. Yeah. You know, um, intermittent fasting was the last thing I added when I was being uh, very strict with my diet. It was Mm -hmm. the, the very last thing I added. And it was the first thing to go out the window. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> cause Not the rest everybody. of it was no. And that was the highest risk thing that needed to go first for my mental state, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so let's, let's talk about paleo real quick. Um, and then we'll, I think, I think I kind of know, um, how to sum up from here too, no but paleo is the last thing on my list. Um, paleo is something that I've done for a long time. Um, it's basically, so there's, there's arguments for exactly what fits. Um, the strictest definition would be if your, uh, cave dwelling ancestors couldn't eat it, neither can you. <laughs> yep. Um, so that's going to mean that you're going to eat a lot of protein, a lot of uh, meats, a lot of, uh, fresh produce, vegetables, um, fruits nuts when they're in seeds. season nuts and seeds, um, but not any nuts or seeds that have to be processed. So no cashews, because those have to be processed. I don't know if you guys know that. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so that's that's the strict version. Um, Dairy would be out also. You can do milk, but not fermented dairy. Nothing fermented at that point. No cheese, right? Because that would be Uh, processed. Now that's where we get into strict paleo versus I think what I'm, I don't know the term for it, but I'm gonna call it realistic paleo. Realistic paleo should include cheese. Like as long as it's a high quality cheese, like not Define high quality for since not we're mass basic. produced, not uh, not processed. So cheese in a can, no. Uh, single slice American, no. Um, like spray you, cheese. You, you know, if you're if you're gonna go full paleo here, you need to make friends with the nicer markets, and you need to go to their fine cheese section, where it's gonna mm. be something you know, straight up fermented, not forced to ferment too quickly and highly processed like the, the, uh, generic store brand blocks. Right. So we're on the topic of cheese. I've got another blog post I'll put in the show notes. It's how to make your own Greek yogurt. It's not processed. All you need is a little bit of yogurt starter 
like mm-hmm. you know, kind of like whatever. And a thing of milk. It's <laughs> all you need. Yeah. Yep. It's great. Yep. It's cheap. Yeah. Yeah. And that is why people are arguing with um, the more reasonable paleo. You can have things like that. It's so easy to do. As long as you're doing it high quality or naturally, it's so easy to do. I just like, we don't need to be full on cavemen. We can be the cavemen that had like, you know, a shelf in their cave for cheese fermentation, right? Like a butter turner. (laughs) (laughs) I promise. But you know, I'd like to think the cavemen had, like they figured out how to make butter or something, you know? Right, right. So that's, Mm -hmm. that's where we get. But you can get too far down that process road too, where you're like, oh, come, you know, it's really too much when it's like, you can't even have cheese. Um, But then you get into the other side where it's like, ooh, uh, go to the Costco again. Again, I see all this stuff at Costco. I love Costco. Um, (laughs) They have not paid me to say that yet. Um, (laughs) They're like, oh, paleo balls and paleo. Some of them are great. Some of them are, are actually paleo. But the further I get into, um, or the older paleo gets, how about that? Not the further I get into it. The older paleo gets, the more, the less true it is on those labels. I've seen paleo, uh, paleo, quote, paleo snacks that were, um, they had chemicals in them. They had, uh, like, paleo. uh, I'm forgetting the word for it, but basically they take, uh, they take rice uh, hmm. rice syrup, but it's not the original rice syrup. It's Tapioca? like, no, 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 no. It's a type of sugar, sugar fluid. Oh. It's like corn syrup, but it's with rice and they've extracted the sugars from it. Uh, it's like triple or quadruple. Extracted. That's super so processed. That's not paleo. Extremely processed and very dense sugar. It's not paleo. So, um, yeah, so that's the spectrums of paleo and things like we were talking about with, you gotta be careful with marketing when you're looking at this stuff. Um, Cause they will tell you that something is whatever buzzword they think you will get to buy it. Yep. You know, yep. <laughs> uh, so far the only one I haven't seen truly violated is veganism. Like if it's got a vegan label. Um, yeah, you gotta be. Oh yeah. That's really strict. And it is, and it should be, if you're going to go vegan, it should be very strict. Yeah. Um, you can't half fudge veganism. You no. either are. It's like being pregnant. You're yeah. either pregnant or you're not. You're either vegan or you're not. You, you just right. can't. Right. You can't say you vegan. are. Right. Um, but so far, that's the only one that I've seen that hasn't mm-hmm. had um, excessive uh, marketing manipulation. Usually there's, that's correct. There's one more we hadn't talked about, which I mentioned volumetrics, which I think is like the old yes. 80s term. Yeah, um, I haven't heard that one, but I knew what you were talking about. Yeah, it basically gets down to, we're talking about um, calories in, calories out. Mm-hmm. This has more to do with the calorie density of food. Yes. So, you know, yeah. things like broccoli, you can get a giant mm-hmm. head of broccoli, eat the whole thing and have like 50 calories, you know, mm-hmm. hundred calories, whatever. Um, yeah. You get a one tablespoon of peanut butter. That is a hundred mm-hmm. calories, one tablespoon. Mm-hmm. And this isn't this big, right? If I'm making the okay sign, that circle. I mean, that's the difference between calorie dense, which would be the peanut butter versus not calorie dense, which is the broccoli. So it has to do with volume Mm -hmm. and density. And I guess if you're a physics person, that might really appeal to you. But it's also why you can go eat a giant salad and feel full and have very little calories in it. And we're talking about a salad of like not adding a bunch of uh, calorie dense things like usually fats that are added in just. I had so many people bless and be like, oh, well, I'm going to eat a salad for lunch. I'm going to put, you know, like, I'm going to be really good. I'm going to put just, well, no, no. Oh, I'm going to be really good. I'm going to put, you know, just like some cheese and like 
the the oil and vinegar on it. I'm like, just go vinegar. You want, then. you want to do low calorie. Uh huh. How much dressing are you using? Well, this much. Quarter cup. <laughs> go eat a sandwich at that point. You know. What I mean? Yeah. No. 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 <laughs> What's funny, I should have just shown you my, my salad because mine, mine was a, I got a giant bag of, um, it, they called it a giant bag. I made two salads out of it. It was not a giant bag. I mean, yeah. like, you know, half air yeah. or whatever. Well, it was volume too. Like we're talking about volumetrics here. <laughs> yeah, right. So this was, um, this was a giant, quote, giant bag of Caesar salad. So mm-hmm. I took the, the, the lettuce, put it in two different things. So, you know, if you're looking at, it was like dinner plate sized was my container. So that's mm-hmm. a lot of lettuce. Lettuce is very airy, watery. There's not mm-hmm. a lot of substance to it, mostly fiber. And I mm-hmm. chopped up a, a bell pepper, which is the same thing. I chopped up half of, I, to, I had one Roma tomato. So I put half in each. That's not a whole lot of calories either. If I did a couple right. of tomatoes, that adds up, right? Yeah. And then- yeah, I added the cheese and a couple, but I did a couple tablespoons of the dressing, not like the whole packet. I hate yeah. it when salad is swimming in dressing. Ugh, that's just, yeah. but yeah. that's what we mean by volume because that's, it's not very calorie dense there. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, you can go, you can go to town with that and start. Right. Yeah. If you really like math, go that way. Or if yeah. you just love vegetables, you want to add in little things. I mean, I guess that'd be a good way to do it. Yeah, I don't know, yes, but it's, it's not really, I don't know that it's really a diet as it's more of a study. I'm not sure. I just heard it. It's, it's certainly a comment, a uh, comment hmm. concept. Yeah. It should be understood because you're thinking, you know, like, oh, well, I only had this little tablespoon of peanut butter. It wasn't very much like, yes, but that was worth this many heads of broccoli or oh. this many apples, you know? Right. <laughs> okay. So here's an example. If you have a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, how many tablespoons of peanut butter did you put on there? Probably two. How many tablespoons of jelly? One, maybe two. Okay. Then a whole, how much, how many calories are in that bread? That could be a five, 600 calorie uh, sandwich. Easy. Right. Right. Easy. Right. Okay. For lunch today, um, I'm going the volumetrics route myself, just kind of <laughs> by, by route, by rote, you know, mm-hmm. um, I took a bell pepper and I halved it out and I took a can of tuna and put yeah. a little bit of mayonnaise and some whatever. And I shove that in the bell pepper. Yeah. How much, how many calories are in that? You got a can of tuna, which is a hundred calories okay. and half a bell pepper, which is like 50. Right. But it filled no. me up because it's full of fiber and water. Right. And it was tasty yeah. and crunchy. And a lot of diet foods are squishy. Yeah. I think that's why you reach for crackers and cookies because they're crunchy. It's a texture thing. So. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's important too. Um, mm-hmm. Knowing making sure that you get your uh, different textures in there. Cause if you're doing just one thing all the time, you're going to get really oh frustrated. Gosh, you get tired of it. <laughs> so um, kind of, kind of wrap this up here. Cause we're, we're a little short on time. Um, I, we're not, we're not saying that any of these are better than any other diet, you know, like nope. one's better than the other. We're not even advocating for the use of any of them. Nope. Um, just saying that if you are, going to use one of these, or if you have used, or if you're currently using, uh, make sure you know what you're doing with it. Make sure you've done your research and not just like, oh, well, this is how you do it, but you got to have a way to get off of it at some point or know um, nutrient wise, what you need to do to make it sustainable. Like if you're going to be on keto for a while, you need to cycle and stuff we've talked about like that. Um, and if you have any questions on any of these or on any of the definitions, or you want to know more about like, well, you talked about uh, organic or you talked about processed foods and, and what are those and what do they do or 
anything like that. Um, I know we're both happy to talk about this. <laughs> yeah, and I'm going to put all the links to all those um, things I mentioned uh, to the websites and to the blog posts in the macros and the Greek yogurt um, in the show notes. But we would love to hear if, like, if if you have one of these things that is your go-to, and you have a favorite quote diet hack or a favorite, yeah. like the thing I did with the, the tuna and the bell pepper right. I came up the other day. Right. Oh, Quick, you easy. know how to make how to make your own. Uh, <laughs> You know, another fun thing to do is to make your own peanut butter cups. This is the easiest uh, thing. I know how to do it the real way, but you tell me your way. Well, this is not the real way. <laughs> this, is, this is if I had 200 calories left and I was counting calories. That's another way to do it. You know, the Weight Watchers thing basically gets you to count calories, but with like single yeah. numbers instead of big numbers. Yeah. We didn't talk about that one. But um, you take a tablespoon of coconut oil and a tablespoon of peanut butter and mix them together. And I get the flavored peanut butter. So yes, it's processed, but it's white chocolate. Wonderful from... I forget what they are, PB and company. Cause I was obsessed after my uh, figure competition. I seriously had a dozen or more dar- jars of different flavored peanut butter. And I found that and went, Oh, I can make my own. You stick it in the freezer you mix it up, stick it in the freezer. So good. And you get some MCTs out of there, you know, yeah. yeah. <laughs> How do you yeah. do yours? Oh, um, so, so you said peanut butter cups. I thought you meant like the chocolate ones. So I'm talking about like you get molds or something to fill them with you melt the chocolate you fill oh. it oh yeah yeah well no, mine had know. white chocolate in the peanut butter <laughs> <laughs> exactly the same yeah yeah no. i mean there are there are things out there too like the flavored peanut butters you're talking about that they they're making them now actually in the high-end stuff too where they're actually using real they are like, real mm-hmm. stuff in there too um so mm-hmm. you can find those too you just have to be aware of you know what the macros are if you care about that so yeah and the cool. thing with Thing of the last thing I want to say out about all this is with your diet, whatever diet you pick, you just have to find, what I say with my clients, you have to find your group. Yeah. yeah. And it can change just because it worked for you 20 years ago, like that, the whole PSMF thing. I am not in a place where I can do that right now. I mean, yeah. your groove can change, but once you hit it, yeah. you know, you just got to yeah. find your thing because they all your work. Right. Your metabolism changes when you're, as you age too, like it doesn't sure. ever stop. So yeah, find what works for you. Don't please don't hate on somebody who does something different than you do because that that just drives drives me crazy. Yeah. Like, <laughs> um, we've all got our own shtick. Like I know that you and I do sometimes opposite things, and mm-hmm. it works for us. So absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> we would love to, but we would love to have your thoughts. Please leave us a comment, yes. share, subscribe, uh, yes. all the things because I think this one could be a could be really helpful for people and can set up yes. some dialogue. But keep it nice, okay? Yes, please. <laughs> Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time. Hey, musicians. Did you know that up to 90% of musicians will experience playing related pain or injury over the course of their career? How many hushed conversations have you heard about a lingering, quote, shoulder pain or a weird tingling in your fingers or maybe low back pain or a crampy weakness or maybe you or your colleague just says, I just have to get through the gig and you watch them pop Advil like candy, maybe flush it down with whiskey. How many times have we seen something like this? So many, right? Well, it's time we start talking about our struggles, our pain, our frustrations in a private space where we don't just complain and mobilize and blindly stretch, but we learn how to strengthen our muscles, our career successes, and build each other up. I've got a brand new program that combines all of these things, and I want you to be a part of it. It's a community not a workout. It's a community with group coaching and great content that in 12 weeks will have you understanding more about your body, what you need, and how you work so you can avoid that career-threatening injury. The three 
things that musicians don't want. We don't want to be injured. We don't want to have a lack of stamina. And we don't want to be clueless, aka when you hurt, who do you go see? Just a quote doctor? Well, this program addresses all of those things. You're going to walk away with an immense knowledge of who to see. You're going to be empowered because you're going to know what to do should you ever get injured or should you have a colleague that gets injured. You will be able to actually offer appropriate advice. You're also going to learn about the body and the anatomy as it relates to playing your instrument and your own anatomy. And then you're going to learn how to build not just your strength and endurance, but you're going to learn how to design your own corrective exercise program. So I hope you will join me in this new program. It's called the Music Strong Pilot Program, Job Security for Musicians.